Welcome to the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman-Michael, and my mission with this podcast is simple, to help realtors and loan officers across the world tap into the value Instagram can have for them and their business. To me, organic business that comes to us is the name of the game. On this show, you're going to hear from myself, other experts across social media, and also others that are just like you selling real estate and doing loans and doing it at a high level on social media. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am, to say I'm excited about this episode is an understatement. Uh, For those of you guys who are listening and have been listening with us for the last 15 episodes, you know that uh, I am a take action type of gal. So the guest that I have with me this morning is somebody who we are very much aligned on that. And I could not be more excited to have the one and only Steve Kyles with me. Um, I am going to let him introduce himself, but I'm going to tell you a couple of things about him before I do. Um, number one, he's a producing branch manager. So guys, he's still doing loans for all of you listening. Um, he has a team that's still producing daily. So he definitely gets that side of things. Um, he is the founder of the Loan Officer Leadership Podcast, which I've had the pleasure of being on uh, multiple times, which is a, a huge blessing. Um, and thirdly, he is a partner, excuse me, partner at Mortgage Marketing Animals, which if you don't know about Mortgage Marketing Animals, you should by now. And if you're a loan officer, that's a no brainer. So Steve, thank you so much for being here with me. If you could tell my audience just a little bit about who you are, and then we're going to jump right into this. Hey, I love it. Michelle, um, man, it's so great to be here. I love our friendship. You and I met through one of our dear friends um, almost a year and a half ago and just absolutely love what you're doing in the social media space and Instagram and um, just delighted. You know, it's cool. We You've been able to be on some of the podcasts. We've done some masterminds. And so what a great thing you're doing in this industry. You know, you're really helping people become even more effective in an area where honestly, it just keeps evolving. You know, the, the social media game evolves and it's like, how do we become more effective and have more impact uh, and, and not just get lost in all of the noise. So I appreciate that. Hey, it's an honor to be on your podcast. I love it, man. Coffee and questions, uh, great podcast. And um, so I've been in the mortgage space for 20 years and married. Um, I have been married for 20 years as well to my amazing wife, Stephanie, and we have three beautiful kids, 10, seven, and five. So we are still in the thick of life and, um, man, I love it. Mortgages are what I really feel like we're called to, you know, I remember being 25 years old and just praying about, okay, what, what do I do with the rest of my life? And I knew that I knew that I knew that it was mortgages and I didn't realize the scope of what it is. So 20 years later, we, uh, I'm a producing branch manager. And uh, man, we're just seeing great growth, even in a downturn. Um, you know, it's crazy in the mortgage space. Over the last three and a half, four months, we've seen mortgage rates double. And that's the first time they've ever doubled that fast. And I know so many people are saying the sky's falling. And what I'm saying is there's more opportunity now than there's ever been. And so, we teach this. Uh, I'm a partner at the Mortgage Marketing Annals with my dear friend, Carl White. Um, I absolutely love Carl. I love what's been built there. Uh, and what's really cool is they all align. I produce at the local level. I have a national branch and all of that funnels into the coaching that, that, that we do to help this industry get even better and helping loan officers learn how to live a life of freedom. You know, Michelle, the, the thing that happens is we tend to become slaves to this industry instead of learning how to be business owners. 
And what we do is really through process and through a daily success plan, coach loan officers across the country on, hey, you can live in freedom. You don't have to work 70, 80 hours a week. You don't have to lose your family and lose your kids and give everything you've got to an industry. You can truly be an owner, not just somebody who's doing everything inside of it. So, man, the journey has been fun. And uh, I'm excited to talk today about, you know, social and questions. And so let's go, girl. What you got? Yeah. Um, well, I just love your mentality. And I think that that's one of the premises of this episode that I, it makes me really excited about this conversation. And um, I, I kind of opened the episode by talking about being a, a, an action taker or a go-getter, if you will. Um, I think you've even called me a, a bulldog more times than I can count. And that's, that's kind of like <laughs> the nickname that people like to give me. My business coach does it all the time. And um, I love that. Like, I'm personally really proud of being that. Um, and I think that for me, what, what that means is on a very granular level, it means that I just, I figure it out, right? If I, if there's something yeah. that needs to be done, um, if there's a goal that I have, I'm not going to sit here and just fantasize about the goal. Um, I'm going to sit here and figure out what are the six steps I need to take to make that thing a reality. Um, and it's just how I operate. And I have personally watched you, um, over the span of our relationship go from, we have kind of a social presence, like it's sort of there to now yeah. it's an intention and it's a daily part of what you're doing and you're creating content with a purpose, not I'm just going to produce content just to say I'm producing content, check the box. So, um, that's what I really want to get into with you is um, the mindset shift, right? So how do you go from somebody, and this is for everybody listening, and there's going to be a ton of people that are in this spot. So how do you go from, I don't really know what I'm doing on social media, but I'm posting, I'm checking my, I post it on social media box every single day, but how do you go from that to now? This is something that I really care about. This is something I'm spending money, figuring out how to do properly. And I'm making the mental shift of making this a priority, especially in the market that we're currently in. Yeah, I love it. Hey, you know, there's a couple of things. Let me, let me talk about uh, fear. Um, one, one of the things, and you, you said it right, it has to do with mindset. Everything starts with their mindset. I, I love John Maxwell is probably one of my biggest heroes. He's like the ultimate leader in leadership. And I can remember since I was 15 years old, um, you know, I didn't come from much. Uh, I grew up in a very, I would say low, I wouldn't even call us middle-class. We were so poor growing up. We actually qualified for food stamps, but my dad was the hardest worker I had ever met. He was in the restaurant business and man, restaurant managers just didn't make much money. And we had a family of six and he worked all the time. He literally worked seven days a week. He'd go in and open the restaurant at 9 a.m. He'd close it down at 10. He'd come home at 11, watch Star Trek and get up and do it in the morning. And, and I know that sounds crazy, but that was just our crazy life. Um, and he worked all the time. And, you know, one of the things um, I'll, I'll never forget this. Um, I can remember and, and, and I'm getting somewhere about mindset and about fear and, and things. Um, I think it's important that nobody teaches you success. Nobody teaches you what it is to, to, to do something great. I think in our mind, we've got to break through the fear of what happens if I do it and it doesn't turn into something great. Um, like social media. I can remember my dad, great man, hard worker, great work ethic. He walked in and he said, Michelle, he said, Hey, Steve, he said, son, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. 
anything worth doing is worth doing right. You just got to do it right. And I'll never forget as a kid, I didn't even realize what that did for me until later in life. I was trying things and I was failing. And I thought, man, I just, I'm scared to take the next step. I don't know about social. If I do it, what if I look stupid? If I do social media, what happens? And it's not effective. If I do it and it's a stupid picture, or what if my, my video that I do live has a blooper and it's not perfect? What if my hair is not right? My outfit's not right. What if my shirt's not literally iron pressed perfectly. And it created this fear until I began to realize is this anything worth doing is not worth doing right. Anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Just get started. And part of the shift in mindset and social media was if we're going to be effective, you have to begin to do it regardless of whether it's perfect, because our world lives on social media. You know, my brother has a nephew, uh, his son, my nephew, 14 years old, they communicate through Snapchat. Yep. They communicate through DMs. They communicate like it's a mate. Like what used to be email for us is now DMs and social media and, and like Facebook messages and Instagram messages. And if we don't learn to communicate the way the world is communicating to itself and get over the fear of perfection and saying, hey, guess what? Michelle, it's going to be bad. Like I just did some Instagram reels the, the other day, which are really funny. And one of them, I'm like, dude, that one's awful. <laughs> I posted it anyway. I yep. don't care. And, and funniest thing is you're going to get tons of likes and watches like one of them. And it was so stupid. It had like 2,600 views in the first 48 hours. And I just thought, you know what? As stupid as I think it is, even though I would go back because the old perfect Steve would have looked at it and said, okay, I got to redo it. I got to redo it. Oh, I wasn't right on the music on that. You got to realize this, that social media is fast. Perfection is not the goal. It's being out, being real, being authentic and letting them see inside and behind the curtain. So I think the mindset of, you know, like my dad, he never meant to do that, but he said, anything worth doing is worth doing right. Nope. Wrong mindset. Opposite. Anything worth doing is worth doing badly. You got to just get started. And John Maxwell, and that's where I was going with John, with John Maxwell, one of my heroes, I was reading one of his books and he said this, and, and I don't remember which book it was. He's written like 500 books, <laughs> but, and that's where I was going with the first story is this. I'll never forget reading this phrase. He said, I used to tell myself 50 times a day, do it now, 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 do it now. And I know you're laughing, but I do this with my kids. Do it now, 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 do it now. And in the morning going to school, I have all of us say, do it now 50 times. And what it's doing is it's teaching us the importance of doing it now, not do it when it's planned right not do it when it's perfect, not do it when I think I got the right stuff together. It's more important to do it now than it is to put together a plan because action wins over inactivity. Yeah. I mean, hell, I, I wish I could just stop now and be like, done, we're out. Bye. Um, but I think that there's more that we can talk about to, to dig into this more. And I, I want to tell a story too, because I think that this is really powerful. Um, and it, what you were explaining is I feel like my life, right? So I have, I, I have a, two parents who are wonderful. My dad is a, a very, um, high up in the bankruptcy law space, right? He's been a VP, um, of the American bankruptcy, American bankruptcy Institute. Since I was little, I remember coming home, you know, from swim practice. And my dad was sitting at the dining room table, talking to my mom about some company that's getting liquidated. And I'm, my sister and I are like, how about the angels? Like we had no idea what any of that even meant. Right. 
Um, so it was like the intellect around me was like this, just very high. Right. And I remember, um, going to college thinking I was going to be a physical therapist. I went and decided to go to Rutgers for their physical therapy program on top of being recruited to swim for them. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be this like really smart science person. Um, ended up shifting slightly towards like the, the legal side because of who my dad was. My mom was a paralegal for most of her career as well. So it was like, it just felt right to be part of this family and to be doing something that everybody else in my family was doing. My grandpa was a banker for his entire life. Um, just it, it made sense. Right. And I, at the end of my freshman year, going into my sophomore year, I was like, it is just not in my heart. Like it's not in there and I don't love it. I don't feel connected to it. Um, what I do feel connected to is why people make the decisions that they make and the personality that it requires of somebody to make decisions in a specific industry. Um, I ended up graduating with a degree in journalism and psychology with the idea of I'm going to write a book about people. Um, and I didn't know what the book was going to be about per se, like as far as what do I want to say, I just knew I had something to say. Um, and then fast forward to, you know, 2014, I decided to create Burma Media and people thought I was absolutely batshit crazy. They're like, what are you doing? Like, your dad is a lawyer, your mom's a paralegal. I thought you were going to law school. Like what's happening. Right. And I became kind of like this black sheep in, in the family in a loving, like they just didn't get it kind of way. Um, and what was really beautiful about that is I failed so many times to the point where my parents are literally talking to me and telling me like, we don't know how to help you because you don't listen to us. Right. So it became kind of that conversation of like, daughter, what the heck are you doing? And I just remember, like, I have to, I have to stay this path and I have to stay true to like, what's in my soul and I'm going to figure it out. And fast forward to 2019, the Instagram power method launches, um, in July of that year. And guys, it totally freaking flopped like bad. Like I remember putting so much, I literally locked myself in my room, in my office, in my house at the time for four days straight didn't come out except to sleep. My husband had to remind me to drink water and to like pee because I had just wasn't even leaving the office. Um, and I was so excited to hit launch on Monday thinking like, I'm just going to sell thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of courses on Monday, even though nobody knew me and I had no launch plan. <laughs> so like at the time, right. You're like, you just assume that it's going to be wonderful. So it was the opposite of what you were just describing, right? It was the opposite of like, being so concerned with perception, I had no concept of reality, like the alternative. Um, so when that was happening, I remember thinking like, I'm done, I'm done for like, I just spent all my money on getting ready to launch this thing. I now have like $3,000 in my bank account total left, right? Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I remember taking two weeks and stopping and just taking the whole two weeks off after that, that happened and sitting there and saying, like, why did that fail? And I remember my business coach at the time who I had to call him and say, I don't have any more money to pay you. I'm sorry. Right. He agreed to continue to coach me for free until I figured it out. Um, but he told me the best homework assignment I've ever done is write down everything that you think you did wrong, all of it, like every single thing that you think you did wrong. And that piece of paper was two pages long. It was a lot to digest. Um, and what we did after we wrote all those things down is we started picking them off one at a time. So if we did two pages worth of things wrong, then the next time we do it, if we do one thing better, we're that much closer to getting it right. And so it was this beautiful experience for me to fast forward to today. We've done almost a million and a half in sales since that failed launch. Right. And 
we're in this position where it's like, I'm still so hungry to figure out how to make it even better, even if it's micro. Um, and so I yeah. think that's my long winded way of, of kind of getting back to your story of how it's not about doing it right. Because like, mm-hmm. what does that even mean? Right. You have been in business for 20 years and you're doing a lot of things, right. But does that mean that every single day you just sit there and say, I'm doing everything right. So I'm just going to like, not learn how to do more things correctly or how to make micro adjustments to make it better. You know? Yeah. I love that. Well, it goes back to action versus inaction. And you know what? It's, it goes back to this as well, which is progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. Progress is more important. And, and, and if we look at a miss as not failure, but opportunity, it changes our mindset. So many of us, uh, you know, and, and I think our culture really discourages innovation. Um, I, you know, when you look at society and you look at everybody, there's a conforming, they want you to conform to what it is they're wanting you to do and what you're supposed to look like. And what I think we've got to be okay with is, you know, it's so funny, even with the people that join my branch, like I just got off a call and I said, Hey, this is who I am. This is how I operate the branch. This is who we are. And I said, you know what? I'm not for everybody. But what I am clear about is who I am and what we're building and where we're going. And if that excites you, would love to have you. If it doesn't, totally cool. But I'm very clear. And I think, you know, Michelle, we, I, I talked about it yesterday. I, I did a, an, a, I spoke to our men's group at the church and the, we had a great breakfast. And I was talking about living, leaving, living a life of, of significance. And I think part of the challenge is, number one, we don't even know who we are, which speaks to identity. And number two is we don't know, we call it a triad of awesomeness inside of the mortgage marketing animals. But if I were to ask you, what are you the best at? What do you love to do? And what has the greatest impact or in the business world, we'd call that what makes you the most money. And, and I think for half of our audience that's listening, you may say, you know what? I don't know why I'm in the industry. I don't really know what I love to do. I don't know what I'm good at. So why in the world would I project anything on social media? Because it, it feels inauthentic. And I would really challenge you that as you uncover who you are, be you. Uh, when you uncover what you love to do, express that. Uh, when you're on social, be yourself, not somebody else. You know, be, be the greatest version of you you can be, but it takes uncovering who am I? And then it takes uncovering what's my mindset. And I think that that's the other thing. And then we got to be okay to take action versus inaction. We got to be okay at not looking at failure as failure, but an opportunity to continue to grow. Because listen, if we're reality TV paints this perfect picture, like all of a sudden they compress nine months into like 45 minutes and you believe it happens that quick. I remember when we started our podcast, which is like a few weeks ago, I was telling you this earlier, it hit 25 in all of Apple business management just a few weeks ago. That's a big deal. I remember my first year, we've only been doing the podcast for three years, Michelle. My first year, I didn't even get a thousand downloads. Like now we're way past that in downloads and, and audience. But if I would have quit at year one, because I was saying, man, I didn't quit. What I did was I got better. I got better with communicating. I got better with production. I got better with 
uh, lining up great guests. I got better with understanding my call to action. I got better with, you know what? I made a commitment. I'm going to release at least one episode every week. If it kills me, I'm going to do it. I don't care if it's two minutes or 20 minutes. I'm releasing one every week. And that commitment drove me getting better because even when it wasn't good, we recognized the goal was to help lead this industry with impact and help other loan officers get better and do more in less time and find freedom. And if you know what your goals are, you just keep tweaking. It's not failure. So I I love that, man. Mindset, action versus inaction, progress versus perfection. And when you're posting, here's one other thing I was going to tell you too. watch other great people. You don't have to do everything they're doing, but watch them, watch, watch Michelle, watch Kyle, watch what other people are doing that are effective in their social. And it'll help give you clues as to what's resonating with people. And oftentimes if you're in the mortgage space, it's not a mortgage. Oftentimes if you're in the real estate space, it's not a home. It's there's fun conversations that engage. I got a good buddy of mine who yesterday said, Hey, what time do you naturally wake up without an alarm? I thought, what a great engaging question. And then I saw like 55 comments underneath <laughs> it. And, and it, 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 like you're looking for engagement, not just post. We're not the Kardashians. I mean, we're just not it, it you know, it, it, and I think that's the illusion too is, and, and here's the other deal too, Michelle, I'm not real funny. You know, it's, uh, it, it, I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not, I'm pretty serious. Like I'm, do I have a good personality? Yes. But man, when I'm in D mode, I'm head down, butt up. So what I'm trying to do is just do things like I may even see what's, what's trending on reels. And, and really, let me, let me say this other thing too. I would encourage you if you, if you can get help, get help, because let me tell you what's been really great is within the marketing animals. I have somebody that helps us post. Uh, and helps me post. And then I have an, uh, somebody who helps me as an a- Amy, she's my assistant and she'll send me stuff and say, Hey, this is a trending reel. Hey, do this one. Hey, do this. I literally got off the phone with her at my 9am uh, admin call this morning. And I just said, Hey girl, I want you to help me be even more personable. I said, help me find things that you're seeing that make people say, wow, Steve's human wow, that's super cool, or help me think outside of the box. And so what I'll do is I'll create a a social media shareable file on my phone, a folder. And like next week, I'm going to be at the lake house with the kids. And so I'll take great pictures. I'll upload them into that folder that share. And then she'll say, Hey, you should post this. Hey, what do you think about that? Here's a great engaging question. And so I think you should do it on your own. But I also think if you can have people in and around, if you're married and your wife has a great eye for social or you're on a team and somebody's got a great eye for social, like bring people in and around you that can help you get better at something you're not better at. And I would tell you this, you have to do it until you can who it. I would encourage, don't think I have to be the bottleneck. I'm not great at social. I know it looks good, but in this season of life, I'm bringing other people around me just like this morning with Amy. And I said, girl, help me be human. What are you seeing? What reels? So she'll go in and like, literally my text are from her, Michelle. And she said, here's a trending reel. Do this one. Here's a trending <laughs> reel. Do this one. And, and I'm like, so good because I don't want to sit on social. I don't have time to, but what I can do is have others help me stay relevant Um, Hey, and I'll tell you this too. I've got a couple of really cool people um, 
you know, I'm really engaged at, at the, the church I met. My brother's a pastor. I used to be the creative director. I've been a musician since I was 15. Um, and so I've got some really trendy girls. Um, one of them's an artist. She's traveling na na nationally uh, with a huge, I mean, she's blowing up. And I'll send Vanessa, who her and I used to do music and lead worship together. So I'll say, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, help me figure out great outfits. What do I do here? Like, I'll bring people that I don't pay in and around me because I'm 45. She's 30. Uh, then I think about uh, another one that I've got that had that I've literally been a part of her life. And I'll say, hey, you're 22. I'm 45. How do I stay relevant? Mm -hmm. and, and you don't have to do it by yourself. Um, even when I was working on some personal branding, man, I'm going to find my 22 year olds. I'm going to find my 30 year olds, my 40 year olds, my 60 year olds. And I'll say, how does this hit you? How do you, how does this make you feel? Is this relevant? And so I've got this little network of people because I think if we're leading teams, we have to stay relevant. We have to stay authentic. We got to uncover who we are. We got to know where we're going and we got to be ourselves. Then we've got to have a mindset of recognizing that I choose to influence not. And, and listen, I remember Kyle and I were on a podcast. I used to think if I could get to 40,000 followers, <laughs> I'll tell you what I think now, if I could just get to a hundred, why I want a hundred that are engaged, not 10,000 that don't know me. I say it every You'll single day. We're done. Well, the illusion is I want to be a Kardashian. The illusion is I want to be Bieber, who's got however many millions. Listen, that's the anomaly. And the perception. Want to be that's the perception is people yeah. think that if they have that many followers, people will think more of them. And that's why, that's why, and I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm like so passionate about this situation because people buy followers yeah. all the time because they want perception. They want people to come to their platform and say, oh my gosh, you have how many followers? That's so amazing. How did you do that? When in reality, yeah. they didn't do crap to get there. They bought them for $25 in an app or from some spam guy that sent them fake accounts, right? So Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter and now he's trying to back out of buying Twitter because it's a bunch of fake accounts, right? So there's, yeah. and that should tell you something because whether you like Elon Musk or not, he is trying to buy something that is of value. And when you devalue something by, put, what's, I'm losing the word that I'm trying to say, but when you try to just, infuse a bunch of fakeness into it, it takes away from that. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what we're talking about is the humanizing and the quality over quantity. And I feel like I'm going to say that until I'm in the grave because I'm, it's just, it's yeah. so important to understand that I have 8,700 followers and I have worked for every single one of those organically. I haven't bought in a single follower. Yeah. I haven't done any, like here, can yeah. you post my account on your account for a hundred dollars? Shout me yeah. out. Like, yeah. no, I just do good things. And I, and the saying goes, tiny hinges, swing big doors, do good things every single day, That's be great. consistent, post good content. As you mentioned, get people around you that are relevant and help you stay relevant. Um, and then the quote you said, I literally just wrote it down. Cause I feel like I need to post it on social, but, um, where you said you have to do it until you can who it right. Um, and yeah. I'd love to hear you dissect that just a little bit more for people, because I think, I think maybe some people might yeah. not understand what you mean by that. Um, but perception is yep. not reality. What, and I, I'm, this might be really uh, controversial of me to say perception is not always reality on social media. In most cases, it's not 
if you're looking at something yeah. and it feels too good. If it feels too good to be true, there might be something going on there, right? Yeah. Well, hey, it goes back to effective versus busy. Here's mm-hmm. and, and listen, me too. I, I got in this craze uh, probably three years ago and I thought, man, I'm going to buy um, these followers. So I did it too. It was a, it was a source. It was like 150 bucks. They helped me get a couple thousand followers. But you know what I realized real quickly? Followers don't lead to results. No. And I don't do social for popularity. I'm doing social because I want to lead change. I'm doing social because I want to be effective in my space. And, and I think you have to be honest with yourself and say, am I trying to be popular or am I trying to be effective? And there's usually a difference between the two. Now, can you be popular and effective? You know who I think does that really well is Grant Cardone. Um, I, I, you know, I've watched his social, I watch what he's doing. Um, I think Gary Vaynerchuk does a great job, whether you like any of these guys, I'm not, I'm not promoting them, but what I'm saying is I'm watching people that are they're they're leading industry and they're being effective and they've become popular. But, but what we have to realize is this, can you get there? Yes. Is it likely? Probably not. Um, and, and that's just looking at an honest assessment, unless that's your goal, then what we have to look at is this, how do I be more effective? We'll get 200 people that are in your sphere that you're actively engaging on social. You'll lead more change than buying because what will happen is, is this, if you look to see if somebody's effective, click on, like you may have, it's funny. I watched somebody that they has like 40,000 followers and I'm like, oh, this looks great. I clicked on it. It had like four likes. What that tells me is he doesn't have engaged followers and he probably probably bought that audience Mm -hmm. and that's not effective. That's just trying to be popular because I used to try to get to that, you know, the check mark and authentic and where you can swipe up and all that. And I just realized, you know what, if you don't get there organically, you have nothing of real value. Value is your audience that's fully and actively engaged that wins. Hey, here's what, what you asked. I loved your tiny hinges swing big doors. What a great great visualization. Um, Hey, let me do this. And I know our time is going to be coming to a close, but do it until you can who it. Um, What that means is this. When we're growing our businesses, our organizations and who we are, you typically have limited resources. So you have to do it until you get enough money. And here's the way we look at our business is when I make a sale, I want to put some of that money in my pocket and I want to put some of that money in my business. And the way you grow is I hustle, work, hustle, work, hustle, work until I get enough money where I can put some in my pocket. And the very first thing I want to do is hire somebody to who it because you can't grow with you doing it all by yourself. That's the fallacy. That's what I saw my dad do all our lives. He worked. Nobody worked harder. The challenge is we should have put some of that money in our pocket put some of that money in our business and hoot it. And that would have allowed him to focus on the A activity that brings in more revenue. And you hire somebody who does the B activity, which is the busy work, the paperwork, the other stuff. So typically client facing is A activity, documentation, paperwork, busy work, website, graphic design. Like I don't do graphic design now. I have people that I who it to. Hey, I'd love that. Hey, what about that? That looks great. Hey, design that graphic. Or like even with Amy, help me be human. Help me be authentic. Help me look. You go look at the reels. I'm not going to spend an hour of my time. My cost per hour is insane. I make a ton of money. 
Why would I do what I can pay someone else to do and, and not waste those brain cells to go tell me what I need to do to stay relevant? Because I still got a message. I still want to lead people, but I'm not going to do it. So what I did was I was doing, doing it, doing it, doing it, hired somebody who can now help me do it. And then as I grow in my trust with her would be at a point where it's like, now you do it and tell me how effective we're being. And then if you need a video from me, tell me what you need me to do, which is what I do now. It's like, hey, what reel do I need? What graphic? What kind of video? So literally, I have six videos I have to record and give to her by 5 p.m. tomorrow. I know exactly what they are. And then what she'll do is she'll just like, Steve, I need those videos. Give me those videos. Okay, then I'll go sit in my truck and do one. I'll do one at the house I'm building. I'll do it, whatever it is. So I think you, you got to do it until you can get to a point where you can hire somebody to help you. Hey, and even it's not as expensive as you think. You can even hire VAs, which are virtual assistants. Man, you can hire a full-time VA for a part-time VA for as little as two to 300 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. You can hire a full-time 40 hour a week VA for six to 800 a month. And they've got VAs that'll do nothing but social for you. The yeah. key is we've got to be present. We've got to be seen. We've got to be top of mind. So you do it till you can who it. And when you can who it, you'll find freedom and go do more a activity and less B activity. And I items. think, and I honestly think a activity, like if you created content, let me just say this posting is not a activity. Mm -mm. The video and the content and what it says could be, but we have to be relevant and know what we're doing. So it's like, I just want to be focused on only what Steve can do so that we get our message and we're leading our industry effectively. So well, that's I all think I got. I'm the, I'm the same way, right? Like when I first started Burma media back in 2014, I was doing all of it. Every single ounce of every day was me. Um, when my husband and I got married in 2019, um, I had switched up things that the way that we were doing them. And my husband watched me work. 14, 15 hours a day. And I would work until I went to bed. And until I, and as soon as I woke up the next morning, I went right back into my office and closed the door. Um, and it wasn't until I realized that fact of what you said. And I, and I want to leave us with this, right. Is it wasn't until I sat in that moment and said, I'm going to take away a little bit from me. And at the time, I mean, I think like, if I remember correctly, like mathematically, I was making like $11,000 a month as a business when I decided to hire somebody. Right. So this is like actual math. I rem I literally keep the spreadsheets, um, $11,000 a month in December of 2018, going into January of 2019, telling myself, okay, I'm making $11,000 a month. How much do I have? How much can I afford to pay someone to help me get that $11,000 a month to 20 or to 17 or 18, right? What's my cost benefit of doing so? Um, and what two people could handle versus what one person can handle is night and day. Right. But the idea is that as you add individuals to your organization, you should be scaling your revenue. Right. And that's like business 101. Um, and what we're able to do today is I, Michelle, you, Steve, and your business, we focus on the money or the income generating opportunities for us because we've done all of the other things below that. Not that the, those individuals who work for us are below us by any means, because I certainly don't feel that way. Um, but they are doing the things that we at one time were doing and we now trust them to do so that we can go keep doing what we're doing and what makes us more and more and more money or gives us more and more visibility, right? Nobody can do a reel with your voice and your face in it better than you can. 
but somebody can certainly post it and edit it and make it look better than we can. Right. I'm not a good video editor. I'm great at recording the video, but I don't want to edit the video. I just want to send it to somebody else to have them edit it. But I think the the point of this podcast, right. and And I'll end here is we were talking about the mindset shift and understanding what that means when you want to make the change from, I'm not doing this well, and I need to be doing it well. And one of the biggest things I can tell you, if you're listening to this and you've heard anything that Steve or I have said over the last 45 minutes, it's that you have to part with your own money sometimes in order to make those changes that are going to allow you to the freedom or the things that you're ultimately, you ultimately want to spend more time doing, right? The things that make you happy or the things in your business that you enjoy waking up every morning and doing a lot of the times are not necessarily the income generating opportunities. So you have to understand that part too. Um, but when I discovered, and when I was okay with parting with money that could have gone in my pocket to pay somebody else to help me, I I can't even put into words. I'm literally almost speechless when it comes to helping people understand like what my heart feels now after doing this for almost three years with the Instagram power method but it is so life-changing in, in every way possible. And I am just, I just encourage people to understand that what Steve and I are talking about here is life-changing potential for your business. And it starts with being willing to do things. And Steve said it in the first two minutes of this podcast, fear, right? It takes being okay with being in a place where you're not sure of what's going to happen on the other side of it but know that even if you fail, there are enough people who are there to help you or catch you that the next time you fail, it's going to look different than the first time. And it's that tiny hinges, swing, big doors concept over and over and over again until we get to a place uh, where it makes more sense. So um, thank you, Steve, for being here. I would love it if you could tell people, how can we get connected to you? Where can we find you? And then also, I know yeah. I'm a huge fan of this, but like what's coming up for you that we can stay, you know, whether we're following you on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, what events or things are coming up that we can look into. Yeah, for sure. Well, and in, in, if you want to just, you know, join what I'm doing, it's Steve under uh, Steve underscore Kyle's K Y L E S. Find me on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I mean, just, you can find me. I'm easy to find on Google, but one of the things I would invite you, if you're a loan officer, um, we have something called the loan officer breakfast club. It's free to the industry <clears throat> and it's a 30 minute coaching call mastermind. We have man about 250 to 300 loan officers daily, Monday through Thursday, show up on a zoom call from all over the country, all different companies. And Frank Gray, a good buddy of mine with the national, who was with, you know, founded the national real estate post, Carl White, uh, um, Scotty Hudspeth, Mike. Cardacia, myself, uh, we host a video Zoom for loan officers uh, every Monday through Thursday, and it's 8.30 to 9 a.m. Eastern time. And so go to loanofficerbreakfastclub.com, register. We'd love to have you join us. And it's really our gift to the industry. We talk about a daily success plan. We hear wins. We talk about challenges. And it's really the best way to start your day because in a shifting, in a changing environment, it's being around like-minded loan officers that are committed to choosing to have their best year, even when the industry says most are down 30 to 50%. We choose to not participate and 
and we choose to get better. We choose to have a plan of action to have great, massive success this year. So loanofficerbreakfastclub.com. Uh, join us there. And that's, that's where you'll find us uh, every day. So I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for everybody who spent time with us this morning. Um, and this, this is so powerful. This is so important uh, for people to hear and to really internalize. Um, but if you are listening and you are not currently subscribed to uh, the Coffee and Questions podcast, please do so if you are so inclined. Also, we love reviews, right? So if you found any value out of this, please feel free to leave a review. Let us know your thoughts. And we are excited to continue to bring you more and more value every week. So uh, we will see you in next week, next week's episode. But Kyle or Steve Kyle's, Again, thank you so much for being here and being a part of this. Uh, I sure love you. I know our audience will, um, and we will definitely have you back again soon. Hey, I appreciate you. And I'm grateful for our friendship and uh, just excited to be a part of this journey. So everybody have a good one. See you. Thank you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow my guests on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you consume this content.